This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Andor the Relentless, the Space Waffles series where we relentlessly talk about Andor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Maggie. Hello there. And Norhal. Hello there. And Chelsea. Hello there. All right, so we are here today talking about episode six, The Eye. It's the end of this particular arc, the Aldani heist arc. So before we kick things off, thoughts on the episode and the arc overall? Amazing, impeccable, chef's kiss, perfect. Candice Murhal, similar feelings? Yes, and the edge of my seat, the whole episode. Also just absolutely beautiful to look at, like the whole eye <gasps> event. Oh, the eye. Yeah. That was great. The end. I wish they showed more of it, though, honestly. Yeah, like, I get we were cutting back to the action, like, because yeah. that's the plot, but mm-hmm. I would have liked to linger on it for a minute. Yeah, that would have been it. great. All right, so this episode follows Cassian and our little rebel cell. It's the long-awaited break-in. A lot of heavy stakes, a lot of things we're worried about didn't come to pass. Some things I think we probably could have guessed did come to pass. So who do we want to start with this week, character-wise? We want to start with our messy boy, Cassian? Always. Yes. All right. Take it away. Take it away, Candace. Oh, Cassian, he still surprises me. He really feels like he's just along for the ride in this episode. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which, yeah. like, what else can he do, really? Yeah. Except towards the end. Yeah, towards the end, I think he had that fire light in him again, as opposed to just rolling mm-hmm. with the rebels to see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not very emotionally invested in it. That's true. Yeah. No, not, he's not there yet. I think jumping right to the end, though, like when at the end of the episode post heist, when he's asking for like the ship and what he's owed, like money wise, I think then I clicked in that I'm like, we're going back to like his mission, like finding his sister. At least I assume that's what we're going back to. It's hard to say, but that also just took us right to the end of the episode. Yeah. Norhal, were you going to say something? Yeah, I think the beginning of the series, the conversation is beautiful, how the dialogues between the characters are crafted, but this conversation between him and Nemec at the beginning, they were sharing their drink, I think it was the dry milk or something. But when he says, you think I, I look grateful about the Empire, trying about uh, talking about, of course, Nemec with his manifesto and his doubts and his changing views about the Empire and how the rebellion should be conducted. But as well, Cassian he, giving him his feedback, like you're nothing for them. Yeah. That's the way the Empire goes. So that was beautiful. Yeah. What I... Just a character moment with him is when they're like... Nimrick needs to go to the doctor. And Val, she wants a complete mission. They have a backup doctor. And he's the one who's like, where's the doctor at? He's not like fighting or arguing. He's just like, we're going to go see the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He decides it. So he does care on some level. Yeah, yeah, he cares. It's sub-level. Yeah, he does care. Maybe this will transition us into Nemec a little bit, but I feel of all of the rebels he met in this little cell, Nemec is the one who in this moment had the most impact on him maybe going forward. Like, is this is like his turning point from mm-hmm. getting from this I don't care attitude that we see in the start of the series to like the very invested rebel in Rogue One. But it's like a slow process, right? It's a slow process because we're still five years away from that point. I feel like Nemec might be that turning point for him. 
I also wonder like how much of Nimic also like brings out his sibling feeling because like he has a sister that mm-hmm. like that's his main focus is he has a younger sister that he's looking for and Nimic is obviously the youngest of the group the most idealistic and I wonder how much of that is also because he takes him under his wing like he's the one he's talking to the most when he's there when he's bonding with the most when he's there on the base and I just I wonder how much of that is also like that big brother kicking in and being like it's going to be okay you'll rest when it's done like trying to reassure him felt very much like a sibling thing to do yeah Yeah. Nimic's the only one who really talked to Cassian everyone else is just trying to figure him out Nimic is like actually wants to know what he thinks he's also the only one who didn't snap at him at any point (laughs) yeah like like, it wasn't need I know. Yeah, like they, they've all doubted Cassian. They've all snapped to Cassian. They've all questioned his motives. Why are you here? Like, I know Nemec was taken aback by his whole mercenary approach to things. But even then, he is still willing to, like, have that conversation and not reject him outright because of it. And, like, everybody else's trust feels very begrudging. But I feel like Nemec felt a lot more genuine. Yeah. So let's talk Nemec then. We've started to touch on mm-hmm. him as he relates to Cassian. But Nemec, in terms of as a character, as, like, the heart and soul of this movement with his little manifesto. I know. And I, I saw, yes. of course, some of the moments, uh, for example, when he's crushed, he's not... This is mm-hmm. the thing. We were, uh, this previous week, the, this past two weeks, talking about, oh, which of the members would be gone after this heist. And now it, it is hard to think that it was not the enemy fire but it was the money of the empire who crushed him it was their poor planning really yeah and i think that one moment that was really poignant was when he was trying like they insert the met this thing that they put into his chest to revive him and he's when he yells at cassian climb it brought me memories of k2 yelling Cassian climb in the vault in in Scarif. So it was like, ah, like, so it was a hard moment. It was a similar Isn't that moment. like what they both say, like some of their last words? Like, yeah. I'm climb. That's Cassian being triggered by the word climb. All... I know. And the, and the fact that he leaves him the, his manifesto to Cassian is how he sees I'll... something in him. Yeah, and even something that Cassian hasn't seen in him. I think that it's really interesting. I wrote about this in my review, but I think it's really interesting that he was literally crushed by money, which Mm -hmm. I think is a commentary on the fact that warmongering is a game of money. It's power, and I think that the fact that he is like this revolutionary, you would think he would go out in a blaze of glory or that he would die in a firefight because that's really the ethos of what his message is. But in reality, he's crushed under the weight of the money that's fueling the rebellion eventually. And what was interesting was that was what was protecting him during the firefight was yeah. the money. But that's what crushes him. It's interesting, Maggie mentioning like him going out in a blaze of glory because he's alive after getting crushed and like they have to get him to the doctor and they go and like we don't see the rush to the doctor. We just see him getting to the doctor. And then we see the doctor trying while Cassian goes outside to have his conversation. And then when he comes back in, the doctor is just like pulling away all the needles and just covers him up. And Bell's like, well, thank you for trying. Like, it's not the sort of 
expected beat of them frantically trying to save his life and like the machines are beeping and everybody's screaming and then he dies very dramatically he just passes very quietly because by the time he got crushed by the money like it was already over and everything else was just an act of desperation on everybody else's part so just the way that whole thing was staged and shot and written like surprised me but not in a bad way I know this is a really weird comparison because the deaths aren't the same, but it reminded me of Gavroche's death in Les Mis just in the yes. way that it's like you don't expect it to happen the way that it does. Like even though Gavroche gets shot and like it's a whole thing, you just don't expect it. You expect mm-hmm. everybody else to die. This is like the young, hopeful, plucky, like full of ideas. And so you just don't expect this person to go out the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it makes sense. Yeah, we yeah we all thought he was gonna go out, it, yeah. but it was gonna be a dramatic mo- moment that like pushed Cassie. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like, no, and then the shot. Or something yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I think does make it worse that it was yeah. such a quiet accident. Like they were and, done. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, also that it's technically Cassian's fault because he's piloting and he like shifts it up and like there's like not it's not technically his fault but like it's technically his fault because like he's the one driving the wheel that almost adds insult to injury yeah Yeah. is that a pun maggie (laughs) (laughs) i don't like to use the word pointless but it is pointless like he didn't sacrifice himself for anything specific but i think saying that it's pointless is actually accurate because deaths in this are pointless people are dying for like the most ridiculous things because people are wanting to take over and colonize and destroy the galaxy like it is all of these deaths feel pointless because it's like we the senate could be fixing this but you could have stopped this like it, it pointless is the right word to use because it's it's a tragedy that people are dying in this way for yeah nothing agree yeah agreed all right going to people who didn't die who we were worried about is yes. Belle and Cinta, who both made it out just fine. I texted Arzu. I said, the space lesbians live. For a minute, I swear. <laughs> for a minute when they were about to jump and they were placing the thing to mess with the communications. To, yeah, for to a minute, I thought of Belle at, from Solo. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I said, please don't do Yeah, it. I thought they were blowing it up for a second. Like, yeah. Also, I have a lot of questions about why Bell was hesitating because it lost them a lot of time. Like, and I felt yeah. like that was a really poignant thing that they brought up throughout the episode because Senta calls her out for stalling. And then immediately once they have to rejoin up with the team, they're like, how much time do we have? We're falling behind. We're falling behind. Like it was a really repeated like phrase Mm. and i wonder if we're going to see i'm sure we will see some sort of follow through with that because that felt really pointed i felt like it just made her more human right yeah like she was hesitating she was maybe not 100 percent sure of what they were doing like maybe this is not going to work i'm thinking it's like her first time leading a mission and so she's scared that if it fails it's all her fault yeah yeah that kind of burden as well. Because Star Wars fans are nothing but irresponsible speculators. How do we, do you have a theory about how this is going to come back? If this is like pointed. It might not, honestly. Like Cassian is known for not working with like a team or with people really for the rebellion. He's a solo agent. So do you think we are not seeing Valencinta again? 
I don't know. I know we're going to see Vela again because there's a scene in the trailers of her talking to Mon Mothma. Okay. Oh, so okay. there was never doubt, any doubt in my mind that she was going to survive. But Cassian might not see her again. But we will. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, I thought that was the Imperial who was talking to her. There's a well, clip because last oh, week. All the blonde ladies look alike to me. Yeah. Uh. When, when Genevieve O'Reilly's interview came out about Mon Mothma having a daughter, and then obviously last week we got to meet the daughter, yeah. there was a lot of speculation that Vel could be her daughter because there was the scene of them having like a really intense conversation in the oh hallway. i thought that was the imperial lady deidre mm-hmm. no oh, i'm yeah. so bad at faces yeah they do look similar okay good okay so our last member no not our last member we got two more oh. three more three okay, more but i did more. I, I appreciate I any of the other guys tamarin about- tamarin and and I forgot about the Gorn. not Clem Gorn. 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 I forgot about Gorn. I just keep calling him the Imperial. One very happy South Asian lady did not die. Yes. I saw Obi Wan Kenobi and I remembered how that ended. I was ready for that. <laughs> yeah. I was prepping myself. Two, I really appreciate how she just took charge and was a badass. And it, but I am mad there wasn't a freaking kiss or anything. Yeah, for a uh, minute, it was a perfect I when... moment for that. But yeah. the thing is, if she, if they had kissed right there in front of those Imperials, yeah. they know they've got something on Vel. If they had done it like prior, like outside, whatever, before they got there, sure. But okay, maybe kiss like before they jumped off the building, like for luck. Freaking oh, Luke and Leia got a kiss that. before yeah. they jumped yeah. when they were in those rocks. Yeah, like outside. Yeah, yeah, because there was that like moment of her holding a hand, tell, like tell me you're going to be okay, and I'm like. In a traditional narrative, like this is where the kiss goes, but also there's about six people watching who really shouldn't be yeah. seeing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah. They could just be roommates. We don't know. No, Candace, we're not taking that energy forward with us. We're going to no. see them both on Coruscant. <laughs> Making out. There we go. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up with our final three rebel guys. So, starting with, I'm going to save Gorn for last because I want to use him to segue into the Empire. So, yeah. starting with Terramin. Okay, he, do you he want didn't to have hear... a huge role in this episode? He did not. Yeah. Except we learned he was a stormtrooper. He's yeah. a stormtrooper yeah. and oh, the Tinta wasn't to... happy. I said this to Dorhal. Somebody tweeted this. I forget their name. But that Gord and Haib both died in Imperial uniforms is really sad because they were trying to get away from the Empire. Tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Gorn had such a good line when that commandant was like you'll hang for this and he's like after working for you for seven years i said burn burn like working for you for seven years i deserve worse worse yeah yeah Yeah. do you feel like kern didn't cover him well enough and that's why he died i feel like that like he wasn't skiing Skiing. skiing, yeah, skiing. Sorry, I was like, who do we have an extra one? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, my mom clocked that when we were watching. She was like, skiing totally let him die. Okay, like, thank you. He was totally not covering he was, up. He was sus. Kill Karen, thank you. I shall. <laughs> I was like, yeah. did anyone else notice this? Because I'm like, he let him die, right? Because yeah. he hesitated. I didn't 
clock it initially, but then when Skeen has this whole conversation with Cassian about like, let's just go and split the money. I'm like, oh, less people to split with. That's what yeah. that's what you're doing. So yeah, I didn't catch it initially, but in retrospect, it made a lot more sense. We get that little point that said does whole family was killed by stormtroopers. Yeah. Which I would have loved to see the conversation. But this is Cassian's story. Yeah, it's no. all through it's all through his point of view. Yeah, and with this whole heist thing. He hasn't really gotten any, like, solo time. Mm. It's been more of, like, a group show and not a Cassian Andor show. Yeah. I think he's getting ready to swing back into the Cassian Andor show. Yeah. Yeah. Next week. That's why he was like, bye. Like, <laughs> bye. I'm done. It's my show. <laughs> I did my work. I'm gone. Even though he gave the necklace back to Vel, do we think he's going to see Luthen again? I feel like they're not done. No. 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 I would think Luthen would try to convince him to join more officially instead of yeah, like just alone. yeah, yeah. I agree. I can't tell with this show, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, it keeps yeah. it interesting. But... Yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah, all right. So, Skeen. Oh, just Skeen. Did anyone even... think? Did anyone think when he was talking to Cassie at first? That maybe he was just testing Cassian? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Did. But he took it a little too far. Yeah. If he was just testing him, then that was a bad decision because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say that in combination with the fact that he let the person he was supposed to be covering die. Yeah. I think I think he's a baddie. Just and a also little. that he pushed to not go to the meetup. That he pushed to go to the doctor. Yep. Yep. So and be... he was trying to sow seeds of discord between Cassie and Bell in that moment because he knew that Cassian had gotten at least somewhat attached to Nemec. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. He was playing oh, yeah. the long game there. And the fact that he was going through Cassian's stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going. It's just a stand-up guy all around. Oh, yeah. Is Skeen. He, like, made up a whole backstory for himself to, like, lie his way into this group. Yeah, because he oh, didn't yeah. even have a brother. And that's the thing, because it could be that, for, but also could be like, I don't care. My brother is gone. Yeah, so, like, I don't have one anymore. I don't care. So it, it could be both. But yeah, I totally thought it was what you said, Chelsea. Like, he just lied. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Gorn. And then from there, we're going to take it into the Empire. So thoughts on Gorn in this episode? I have gotten very attached to and he seems his. really sweet yeah like he's very sweet and i am consistently impressed with the way he manages to walk that line of being exactly the kind of contact the rebels needed but also balancing it so that the empire doesn't get suspicious like, i also yeah i also think he's a drama king because oh, yeah. he didn't have to reveal himself like that yeah <laughs> no one thing that when he was doing this ceremony with Danny people and he was translating, that was, of course, what he was not exactly translating what the Danny people was telling the mm -hmm. Covenant because, yeah, of course, they were not friendly towards the Empire. But, yeah. yeah. It almost totally made me wonder thing. if they have something planned of their own to try to strike back against the Empire. It makes Especially, me wonder if we're going to even find that out. Yeah. Especially if they're going to be taking their sacred land to even further, not even letting them have that ceremony yes. anymore. The beauty of that. Oh, all of that is like it's everything I've wanted Star Wars to delve into because 
we know that's what the Empire is doing. We've seen yeah. the effects of it. We've seen the references, but to like get the blatant call out of colonization, ah, uh, yeah, so good. Totally. My mom was watching the episode with us, and every time the commandant was talking, she didn't clock his name. She didn't clock his rank. She just kept saying this British Empire guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she's, like, totally. she's like why is he talking like it's the british empire who is this british empire guy and then like he just went on to further prove her point honestly every, every time he spoke the things he was talking about like the smells the people blah 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 oh, was yeah. very triggering for anybody who's like when he was talking about how gullible they are and yeah. how they'll like stop for the little comfort stations and they're just too silly to know what is accurate because they're just so simple-minded i was like i'm gonna reach through the screen and strangle this man it's just like everything that if your country has been colonized you've heard it been called before you know in the past i agree like calling basically the one thing that stuck with me and was such a throwaway line was he was telling the i forget the man's rank but the guy who's basically there to promote him out of all done, he was like telling him, he was like, yeah, we're gonna go out with this like stinking sheep skin, whatever, yeah. do the thing, and then we can sit down to a nice table. I'm like, it's like that thing of like the local food is gross, so we're gonna eat the colonizer food we brought with us. Yeah. Which again is like such a throwaway thing, but that's all I could think of was like, even the local like cuisine is not good enough for these people, even oh, yeah. though they've clearly been stationed here for years. Yeah. Yep. No, it even goes back to what Vel was saying when Luthen drops off Cassian and she's like, we're sleeping on rocks and eating roots. Like if there was something local for them to survive off of, they would have mm-hmm. like with their resources. But there truly is nothing. Meanwhile, these people are so comfortable to the point where they are like bringing in food from outside and clearly have a lot of it yeah. while the locals have nothing. So that's what we know the Empire does. Like what they do with yeah. those Lothal nearly is yeah. just... They just take everything until there's nothing left. And then they leave the planet because there's nothing left for them to take. And the locals are left with nothing. Yeah. It's true. Which is what colonizers do. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So further thoughts on the Empire, not just on the Commandant, but anybody. I have to talk about this, the officer or whatnot who tried to play the hero and jump to the ship to try to wrestle mm-hmm. Choke Cassian. out Cassian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude. I saw that guy. I was like, oh no, he's big. <laughs> yes. Also, he's for a moment, I was like, oh no. And I was like, wait, no, Cassian lives to die another day. Literally. He's fine. <laughs> Not yeah, concerned. He's going to be fine. Which I think is like, a thing about the writing where like we all know objectively Cassian's going to be fine but the stakes are high enough in each episode that you'll forget for mm-hmm. 40 to 50 minutes it's that just he's going like to be with, just fine. It's just like with like Obi-Wan I'm like oh no how are they going to emotionally damage him further? <laughs> and that's fantastic <laughs> that even when and this is great because some people complain about and right now I think this year we've had a lot of TV series that are prequels of the stories that we know how they end. But that's the magic of developing a good story, developing that get, takes you to the edge of your seat, even if you know what's going what's gonna to happen, right? So that's really good. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, 
We check back in on Coruscant. We check in with Mon Mothma, who is giving her speech. I can't remember the group of people. Gorman? No. It started with a G. Yeah. Yeah, She's advocating for people whom her husband's buddies don't care much about. The name has just flown right out of my head. They just want their basic human rights. Yeah. And everybody's rights. Their basic rights. Basic rights, yeah. And everybody is leaving session. So she catches up on the news. Then we cut to Luthen in his shop. Still playing the salesman, still playing the charming guy, and the husband of his client is laughing that, like, oh, there was some rebel attack on Aldani, which, again, with the layers, because ostensibly the Empire is in charge. Ostensibly, rebels just attacked a government office. And this guy is buying antiquities. He doesn't care either way. And just that scene when he's showing the Deveron necklace and that thing that he mentions about oh yeah this is uh just lost that is lost but it can mean whatever you want it tells you about same again what the empire has done and colonizers Mm -hmm. do that sometimes cultures ancient cultures are erased and a lot of languages are no longer spoken so yeah that was a like hidden thing that was interesting but just like like Luther like laughing. Oh yeah, like you know, <laughs> he he doesn't know like what they lost or if he cares even. Yeah. I think I would like to think he does. Yeah. I would like to mm-hmm. think he's invested enough, at least in this cell. When he finds out what they've lost, it's going to affect him. But in yeah. this moment, all he knows is they did it. And they yeah, like they, they, they made it. Yeah. I'm wondering how the news got out though, because it was only Imperial people who knew about it, and I'm surprised they let the story spread. That's true. We yeah. haven't good for them. Yeah, we haven't seen the story though. So, yeah, hearing that rebels attacked the base on Aldani, as far as like the Imperial spin is, it's that a group of terrorists attacked a government building. Yeah, but mm-hmm. why report it at all? Yeah, to show yeah. how dangerous they are. Yeah, but and to justify othering, like othering them. Yeah, it's othering them. It's justifying like harsher measures. But yeah. when, but did the, the guys oh. say that like they they raided or they got something from them? Because yeah, it's one thing like yeah they attacked them, but does that mean? But they... even then, that saying that they were together enough, we saw how ramshackle this group was. These people yeah. do not have their stuff together. But if empire puts out word that they were enough of a coherent cell to raid the building it's a nothing outpost it's a payroll for one nothing outpost but if they put that out there it was clearly serious enough that the isb guy called everybody in and he's like we are taking extra measures you're not going home until i have a presentation because they can use a successful rebel raid as justification to clamp down harder and who's to say there isn't a leak to the press from the isb really yeah like if the i the isb tells the press and then like that way it's just like what was independently reported but since it happens to be the fact yeah here's how we're going to justify doing it because you know like the empire can impose their will by force but if they it is much easier to convince the people that they're doing this for their own good yeah because they're terrorists and they need Mm -hmm. to be protected and they need organ ensure security and order yeah they use that like with the rebels on lothal and see like public enemy number one and they're out causing trouble for the local people and all that kind of stuff all the propaganda 
Exactly. And I wonder, like, because we end the episode with Luthen overjoyed uh-huh. at all this. But I wonder, like, going into the next episode, if we are going to see more of that imperial spin because they haven't shied away from the political side of everything on this show and kind of the political reality of it and spin is a big part of that so i'm wondering if we'll get to maybe hear it secondhand or something like that maybe what's her name dedra or somebody just hears the official version of events or karn hears the official version of events and just like believes it and parrots it and runs with it and i'm wondering if it's like gonna fire up Karn. He's gonna be sitting over oh, his yeah. curios with his mom and like see it on the hollow net and be like, <laughs> I have to get back in. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Staring at the hologram of Cassian. Like, I, like, I know who could have done this. Well, yeah. he angrily eating his Cheerios. Yeah, his mama's gonna pack him some homemade Cheerio yeah. bars to go and he's gonna he's gonna pursue his John Bajan. Yeah, like his Jabberg. And Cassian's like, who are you? Who are you? Don't know. I don't even know your name, yeah. <laughs> like Thanos. <laughs> I wonder if, yeah, like, because because Karn didn't work. He Karn didn't work for the Empire. Worked for the Security Bureau. I wonder no, if he's gonna like show up at the ISB. Like, I've got information. Yeah, I've got information on who I believe it could be. Hire me. He doesn't have anything concrete though. He's got a picture of Cassian. Yeah, but so do they. Yeah. He got it from their database. I just have this feeling he's going to find Dedra, and Dedra is just desperate enough to take his help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the two of them are just going to make a big old mess. <laughs> I'm very excited for that personally, but. <laughs> just cause messes. Neither of them are like, from a professional standpoint, from a moral standpoint, is one thing, but from a professional standpoint, <laughs> neither of them are wrong. Yes. So. Yeah, that's the fascinating thing with the way that they've constructed it. Like, Deidre isn't wrong. There are rebels. There is an organization that is helping them to orchestrate a series of attacks around the galaxy that are not random. She's not wrong. She's Mm -hmm. right on the buddy, actually. She's completely correct. And, like, from her point of view, she's doing her job. They're so seriously. Yeah. And they're so deep into the belief that they're on the morally righteous side. So, of course, you're going to be like, yeah, we have to get rid of these insurgent cells across the galaxy that are attacking our buildings and killing our people. The mm-hmm. same thing that flipped Cyril off was that nobody cared that people just like him were getting killed by these random people. Yeah. It's fascinating the way they've constructed it. I agree. Because I think it's the first time that we've really seen people that you can go like, oh yeah, I get your point of view. Because in the original trilogy, like people like Tarkin and stuff, they're just suits. They're just meant to look scary and evoke a certain image. You don't really see why they're doing why they're what they're doing or what exactly. the is. Yeah, it's I. I yeah, you think about the age they are and what they grew up with. Like if they remember the war and then they remember the Empire ended the war. Yep. Yeah. Like so yeah. they're they're like all bored for this empire train. Yeah. And like we somebody pointed it out on Twitter, like with a screenshot, but when we see a shot of Karn's room, he's got little clone figures on his yeah. desk. Yep. So yeah. he was small enough during the Clone Wars that like they're probably the heroes and they're probably like like he was buying toys of these war heroes. So that's how yeah. young he was. Yeah, he was probably he like five it. or ten. Five yeah. to ten. Around yeah. There. Honestly, once you learn that Karn is a collector and he's got action figures, it makes all the sense why he is the way he is. 
Oh no. Freaking cosplaying as oh, a Lord. guard. Oh, his mom probably made him a costume for whatever their equivalent and- is to Halloween. He went trick-or-treating up and down that hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this he did is it as thing. Anakin, right? Exactly. Fear without fear. Yes. He, my God. He would, we would cosplay as Anakin, but then and when the Jedi were declared traitors and such, he just kept the clone troopers. Yeah, he got rid of the Jedi stuff. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh, I knew it! Tears up his poster. <laughs> he probably Tearfully. had a General Kenobi poster. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. like, I want to be just like this other ginger man when I grow up. Never mind. He's bad. He's bad. He's like all disillusioned, like taking down his Kenobi poster with tears in his eyes. Oh, He probably burning won- it. He- he probably rolled it up and stuck it in the back of his like like sock drawer, like just in case, just in case they find out he was working for the Empire. Or he was. Alive. Did he burn his Anakin poster? <laughs> uh... Star Wars, Star uh... Wars. If you're listening, if we in season two get a shot of Cyril Karn's Obi Wan poster, I will personally bake you cookies of yeah. your choice. I don't bake very well, but. I'll do my best. I'll make your little cereal bars it, for you. you. You're not I'll make cereal bars. Chelsea will bake because she's better at it than I am. If we get a shot of this, if the, of this Obi Wan poster, thank please and thank you. That's my. So that's my for like for all of Star Wars, Chelsea, that's a lot of baking. Yeah, <laughs> for all of Star Wars, yeah. I'll come help you. But we'll make it work. I just yeah. really want to see I this know. poster. Thank you so much. Yeah. So we didn't really get much of you. Did yeah. But it tells you that scene was looking at the prequels and the Clone Wars, how the Senate was on the Republic and now in the Empire. That is like, or maybe because the news were breaking, and but it's like the Senate is just empty. like they're empty. disengaged. Yeah, just like yeah. Because they know there. I've had a lot of those senators who were like around when it was a Republic, or like this is a puppet show. Yeah. They know. Or, or their puppet senators put there by Palpatine and there's no point. Yeah. yeah. Like, Why do I have to go? <laughs> yeah. Because I could be wildly misremembering this, but off the top in episode four, does Tarkin not, or one of the Imperials say something to the effect of how the Senate is like virtually powerless or something? Yeah. They dissolve the Senate. They dissolve like the Senate, but dissolve. before that, when they're worried about the Senate, they're talking about like a basically the Senate's not an issue. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the Moths are in charge of the systems, they say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is the beginning of that. But yeah, they say that like the Senate doesn't mean anything because they worry because Princess Leia is a senator. They're like, yeah. you do this won't be good. And then it's around the yeah. midpoint that the Senate is officially like formally yeah. dissolved. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't like blow up a planet. Yeah, we can. There's no more Senate to bitch about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So now having reached the end of this episode, two questions. Where do we think we're going from here? And where would you like to see us go from here? Like, what would you like? What do you hope we see? Bix. Bix, yeah. Yes, I agree. I miss Bix. I miss B2. I hope I can come back. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Mama <laughs> Under. B- D2MO and Mama Andrew. I wouldn't mind more Cassian, like, focus. There, yeah. it, it is Cassian focus, obviously. But more. But Cassian's mission? Yeah, Cassian's yeah. mission and also Cassian more one on one with people than mm-hmm. a large group. Like finding uh, his sister or keeping yeah, looking for his sister. Mm-hmm. More character development for him. I feel like we're getting this anyway because I rem- I seem to remember a shot in the trailer. But I would really like for us when we're with Mon Mothma to like see one of these political functions. 
because so far we've talked around two of them like the one like the dinner party that Perrin was hosting and then the event that the two of them had been to and I would just like because that part is so fascinating to me like Coruscant politics I would love mm-hmm. to spend time in that like in that sphere and like watch her negotiate it yeah I want to see Saw Gerrera. Yeah, yes. in the next like six. Well, yeah, the last. There's really six episodes left. Do Coming we know? Up. Do we know when he's supposed to show up? No, but I think he has a conversation with Luthen because that's I think mm. what the trailer shows, or at least that's how it's cut. Okay. Yeah. Do I we, mean, no. Go ahead. Do we know if Bale's in this at all, or is it just rumors? There's nothing official. No, okay. Nothing official. Wishful thinking at this okay. point. Okay. I wasn't sure. If, yeah, I wasn't sure if I either wishful thought it or I thought it so hard it became official. <laughs> I feel like both Maggie and Norhal were going to say something at the same time. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead, Maggie. No, it's fine. I just, I know we, we don't get a lot of Easter eggs and I hope, but I hope that we see a little bit more of Luthen on his double, like, like seeing, uh, acting as this and curator, antique curator. I wouldn't mind uh, like a random drop off line like imperial what was the office the post that throne had admiral throne maybe somewhere yeah not we by name some, we see an isb agent with some chops just walking by yeah just, yeah. just give me that and i thought about it because in the scene when he was showing in the background you could see a calicor like the one right. from hera and i was like oh, throne throne like art so even if we don't see Thrawn, there is a there is zero chance that Thrawn has not been by this shop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thrawn's all over this. Like Thrawn's got a like a loyalty membership card at this store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I don't agree with him, but he's a really good customer. Yeah, best customer, yeah. All right. Final thoughts on the episode then. I'm hard. really surprised some rebels lived. Yes. <laughs> They're saving the mass rebel death for the end of Rogue One. Yeah. And honestly, I was really surprised by at first when Cassian shot him and he was like had the gun out at the doctor's office. I was like, Yes, I was oh, like Cassian baby, what are you gonna do? Like, where are you in your headspace right now? I'm like, honey, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Be good. And then he's like, I'm just taking my cut. I'm like, Good, yeah. Okay. Not great, but you know what? You're gonna also pay for the ship, so good for you, Cassian. Yeah, he's not yeah. stealing. He's like, I will pay for the ship. But yeah. I wonder if he's paying for it out of his own cut or if he's just like <laughs> making sure the doctor gets some money out of the larger pool. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. But it makes sense. At the same point, because we started the story of this, uh, of the first episode, this he's looking for his sister. Mm-hmm. So I think even if there's some work done on his we know where it's at the beginning of row one he's committed to the rebellion and rebellions are built on hope and whatnot but at this point even if there's some work done i think he has stuff he has to done he has to take care of of his own yeah anybody else okay so with that in mind candace where can everyone find you online the best place to find my geeky stuff is follow me on Twitter at Candace is a Geek. And Maggie? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. I have a link tree in my bio to all of my various pursuits. Norhal? 
You can find me at tw on Twitter at Norhal. Same thing. You can see my link tree on my bio. And yeah, you can find me there. Chelsea? You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Fairless. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Arzuamin. You can find this show on Twitter at Space Waffles Pod. As a network, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Geeky Waffle. Oh, and we're at the geekywaffle.com. I forgot about that. That usually comes first. So thank you all so much for listening. I want to see Cyril Karn's Obi-Wan poster and may the waffles be with you.